Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It's time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. And once again, we're glad in the, in the, in the, all of the distractions that we are facing today that you have chose to assemble yourself with us around the Word of God. You know, a lot of us cannot gather together publicly like we used to yet in depending on the area that you are in in the world uh, but and in the United States where this broadcast originates it is a state by state county by county situation we're still waiting to get back in a building to hold our services but we are not waiting to gather together Assemble together. Amen. We are assembling right here, right now, around the Word of God. Keeping the scripture that tells us to forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but much more as you see the day approaching. Now, I've said it before and I've said it again. I'm not date setting. The Bible clearly teaches against that. No man knoweth the day or the hour. Amen. But we can and we must know the season of his coming. And we are in that season. It is called the last days in the scripture prophetically. In the last days this shall occur. And in the last days that shall occur. And when those things that are are talked about in the context of the last days begin to occur, we can see the day of the Lord approaching. And the day of the Lord is something that follows the coming of Christ for his church. For the day of the Lord is the great tribulation. Listen carefully today. We need a message uh, from the heart of God uh, that will that will give us instructions, praise God, of how to live as day people in a sin-darkened world. In fact, that is the title of our sermon this morning, Living as Day People in a sin darkened world. And if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 1 through 11. Let's get into the Word of God. We're assembled here together. Let's go together into the Word of God today. Heavenly Father, I ask you to bless every person and every household represented by that person that is here with us today on Sunday morning alive right here on our website. I want to thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to bring a message that you can take and send it where you want it to go. We claimed the scripture, Lord, years ago. We claimed the word of God. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So once again, Lord, I thank you for sending me to preach the gospel, calling me, appointing me, anointing me for this purpose. And I thank you for therefore sending your word. Holy Spirit, do work in our life. Encourage us and fill us with courage through the person of Christ and the power of God today in Jesus' name that we might live as day people 
in a sin-darkened world. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I make this statement many times. I will continue to make it that we are upstream Christians in a downstream world. That's what Paul was talking about when he said, he said, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forth to the things that are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. That word press means to strain forward, to go against the wind, against the current and therefore against the culture that we're living in today, against our own weak flesh. It has to be denied, and in order to be denied to follow Christ, it has to be crucified. Amen. And and that means every time you and I override the 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 weakness of our flesh and the pull of the world, every time we say no to the tempter and overcome him, we have effectively crucified the flesh with the lust thereof and that allows us to walk in the spirit and that is the key to overcoming the world the flesh and the devil today but we begin to 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 come into that reality when we start living what we believe. Listen to First Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11. It said, But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Hallelujah. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also you do. You see this assembling together as God's children, as day people in a sin-darkened world, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but much more as you see the day approaching. You see, there's things that we should know perfectly that we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be at all in the dark about, and that is the soon coming of Jesus. And how should we be living knowing that the tribulation is following that? And the tribulation is coming, the great tribulation. What manner of people ought we to be, the question is asked, in the New 
Testament. Listen, according to the scripture, there are only two distinct classifications of people on planet earth. Children of the darkness, children of the light. We are saved today or we are lost at this very moment. You're ready for the coming of Jesus. You're ready if your heart should stop beating at this very moment to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Or you are not ready to meet Him. One thing is for sure, if your heart stops right now, you will not have another opportunity to get ready. And yet the Scriptures are very clear. God's message to us is very clear. Be ye all so ready, for in an hour you think not the Son of Man cometh. Amen. If you're ready to draw your last breath right now, you are ready for the Lord's coming right now. We're either children of darkness, children of light. We are saved or we're lost at this very moment. We are either children of God or children of the devil. There is no gray area. I want to say that again. This is very important today. There is no gray area. No in-between. That's why there can be no compromise on this issue. I went to visit a dear brother. His wife came to our church. He became very ill. He was an elderly man. These were elderly people. I'm an elderly man myself. <laughs> Amen. So I'm up in that category today. But he was above me. He was somewhere around his early 80s. He had taken sick, and he was so sick that uh, uh, they had called his son, who was in the service, serving in Germany in the United States Air Force, and they had called his son, the Red Cross had and worked with the military to bring his son home to see his dad before he died. I went to the hospital because of the wife that attended church regularly. And I went into the room and I spoke to him uh, uh, about his soul. You know something? I never take for granted that someone knows Jesus. I always ask them uh, to let me see this is too important. There is no gray area. Amen. That's why the Bible is very clear in teaching about the way of salvation. In fact, the Bible said that it is a narrow gate. It is a narrow way. Uh, straight is the, the gate and narrow the way that leads to eternal life, and few there be that find it. Friend of mine, it's so important that we get a hold of this and get it down in our heart, and that you, as if you're a professing Christian, make sure that you're not just a professing Christian, but you are a possessing Christian. Amen. Listen, when Jesus comes, there are going to be people that are, think they are ready for his coming that are, in fact, not ready for his coming. Pastor, are you trying to shake my faith? No, I'm trying to shape your faith into something that is solid, rock solid, so that you know that you know that you know that you are a child of the light and not a child of the darkness, that you are truly saved and ready to meet the Lord at this very moment. 
Amen. And that you are not a child of the devil, masquerading as a child of God. Don't let the devil deceive you on this crucial issue, because again, there is no gray area. Back to the true story, I went into the hospital room and I went there with a anointing oil in my suit pocket. I was going to pray for his healing, but first I was going to ask him if he knew Christ as his Savior. Well, the first thing he said was, I attend a church. See, he attended another church where he was perfectly comfortable to go to church every Sunday morning, listen to the choir sing. He wouldn't come to our church. Now, I've had a lot of people be very honest with me about our church services. If you come there and you don't know that you know that you're saved, you're going to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. That's one of the hallmarks of our ministry. Amen. When the Holy Spirit moves and he's manifest and he anoints the word, he anoints people in a particular way. And the Bible said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convince the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Listen, he has come to convict us when we are not right with God. And this is an act of supreme love to reach out to us. Not only does he convict us of our sin, I know the King James says convince, but the Greek word is indeed convict. At the same moment, he tells us how much God loves us and he draws us to Christ for salvation. Oh, friend of mine, when I walked in that room and started speaking with this man, he assured me that he went to church on Sunday. He went to a church where he did not experience conviction. I'm not here to criticize the church, I'm telling you. But if you're in a church that doesn't, and you can be comfortable in it and sin without sensing the consequences of that sin, and not checking yourself, if you are, are given a false sense of security, then you need to wake up today to the fact that you are either a child of darkness or a child of light. You are saved or you are lost. You are a child of God or you are a child of the devil. Your destiny is heaven or your destiny is hell. Yes, there is a hell. And it is real and Jesus talked about it very clearly and concisely. We want to, we want to, as one evangelist said, we want to plunder hell and populate heaven. Praise God. We want to get people to change roads because the easy road, the broad road, this, this, this kind of, of, of teaching that says that, that you're just, you're saved without any evidence of salvation, not saved by works, but having works that confirm and correspond to what salvation truly is biblically. Amen. This is a broad road. Amen. That's why the Bible said the road that leads to destruction is a wide gate, and it is a broad road. It is a eight-lane highway. And there was a song written some years ago by ACDC, and it was a big hit uh, uh, in the pop culture world, and it said, I'm on a high way to hell. And it was bragging about being on that highway. But I'm going to tell you there's another highway, and it's the highway to heaven. 
And the scripture says of that in the Old Testament even, that there is a highway there. And the unclean are not going to walk on it. Praise God. Amen. There, it's, it, there is a highway to heaven. And the way is Jesus. Hallelujah. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. I'm the doorway. I'm the gateway. Praise God. But it is a narrow way. Why did God make it narrow? Because he wants you to be sure that you were on it. If he made it broad, there would, there would be no clarity. You couldn't be sure. But because he made it a narrow way, amen, straight is the gate, narrow the way, you will know if you were on it. It's not a multi-lane highway to hell. It's a single lane, highway to heaven. Praise God. And I'm glad that you can know that you are on it today. I'm not trying to shake your salvation. I want you to know that you know that you're saved. And if you're not saved, while there is time to get saved today, I asked the man, that that had no sense of conviction. He he. I didn't know the. the I, I didn't know his heart. I asked the same question to everybody. I asked him. I said, "Well, let's talk about you right now and the surgery you're going to face and the and the fact that it's a serious surgery. If you don't wake up from that surgery, do you know that you will go to heaven? Are you ready to meet the Lord?" You see, just saying, are you saved? That's such a broad statement in these days. On this broad way, amen, that many choose. Listen, I said, do you know where you will spend eternity? Are you ready to meet the Lord? And he looked at me, and I knew the Holy Spirit was working. And if he had told me absolutely, yes, I, I would have backed off at that moment and took his word for it. But he didn't. He said, I can't say that I know where I would spend eternity. And I said, well, we can fix that right here, right now. We can confess our sin before the Lord received Jesus as our Savior, and you can know Hallelujah. And he prayed the sinners. He's a church-going man that prayed the sinner's prayer. Amen. And together we felt the peace of God come over him. Out of my peripheral, after we prayed, I looked over and there was a man that was sitting up that had been laying down. And he was looking over at us. Because I didn't pull the curtain tight between the two in this ward. And I stepped over to him and I said, listen, I said, would you like prayer today? What, what is your situation? And he also was facing a very serious surgical procedure. And I said, sir, would you like me to pray for you today? And he said, yes. He shook his head yes and affirmed that. And I said, I'm going to ask you the same question that I know you heard me ask this dear man here. I said, if you don't wake up from that surgery, do you know? And you know, he started immediately speaking defensively. He said, Pastor, I have taken the navigator's course in our church. And he said, I can quote 
the entire chapters of the Bible, not just verses that have been memorized. I have memorized entire chapters of the New Testament. And I, I looked at him and waited for him to tell me about how he could quote Scripture. And the way he presented it, he could quote it better than me, <laughs> unless the Holy Spirit really, really helps me, which he really, really does. Amen. Bring into our remembrance whatsoever Christ has said unto us. He's the spirit of truth today. Amen. But listen. I said, sir, I'm going to ask you the same question. I said, that is so commendable. I am so glad to hear that you have studied and memorized the scriptures. But I said, sir, if you don't wake up, that's the issue here today. If you don't wake up, have you personally received Christ as your Savior? And you have the full assurance that you will go to heaven. And he said, he paused, and I paused, and waited for the answer. And he said, I can't really say that. You see, when you're sitting comfortable in a church pew, listening to the choir sing, even memorizing Scripture, it's easy to say, I'm saved. But when you're facing the reality that you, when, of, of death itself, it changes your perspective. If you're not saved, that is, that's a terrible situation to be in because all of that false sense of security that comes through a lack of conviction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It does you no good when you're facing. You need to know. We need to know. I like the, what the Bible says in the New Testament. I've, I've written these things unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. That's why we're talking about living as day people in a sin-darkened world. Praise God. You can know that you are saved today. And so he, he said, I can't say that. I said, well, would you like us to pray the sinner's prayer so you can know right now? And he shook his head in the affirmative, and I took his hand, and we prayed together. Amen. To be forgiven of sin, receive Christ as Savior, and the tears began to stream down his cheeks as the Holy Spirit had spoken to his heart. I spoke through, through the ear gate to the mind. Amen. But the Holy Spirit spoke passed all of that directly into his heart, and he received Jesus Christ as his Savior. There is a very popular preacher today, Chuck Swindoll, that speaks at conferences, is a, is a consistent speaker on, on Moody Radio here in Tampa, and you may get that somewhere in the United States, and you may have heard or bought a book of Chuck Swindoll's. He made a statement, and I appreciate the honesty of this speaker and pastor. And he said, the longer I live, the more I am convinced that many people in my own congregation are not ready to meet the Lord. Not, not only meet him when he comes, but meet him if they should draw their last breath. And here's the reason that he gave. And he certainly does not believe in salvation by works. 
For we're saved by faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. But he certainly understands and believes that there are works that correspond. I'm not talking about sinless perfection, nor was he. But there are works that correspond with truly being saved. And being saved without any fruit. Amen. To, to, to absolutely confirm that we have been changed. That we are a new creation in Jesus Christ. That old things have passed away and everything has become new. Is not salvation as defined in scripture. Oh, friend of mine, Jesus taught many, many were saying to me that day, Lord, Lord. Isn't that amazing? You know, the scripture said, no man can call me Lord except by the Holy Ghost. If you haven't been convicted of the Holy Ghost, if you haven't been drawn to Christ by the Holy Spirit, if something supernatural has not occurred, and I'm not talking about the goose pimples or the, 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 I'm talking about being truly convicted and being truly drawn. No man comes to the Father. No man comes to me except the Father. Draw them, Jesus taught. Hallelujah. Oh, but when he convicts us of our sin, he draws us to Christ. So Chuck Swindoll said, there's many in my congregation. You see that are sitting there resisting the Holy Spirit. Sitting there with a false sense of security. Sitting there. And I pray that if you don't know that you know that you are a child of the day. Amen. That after this preaching series is over, that you will know without a shadow of a doubt. Hallelujah. And that you won't even let today go by. We have no guarantee that you're going to be able to be with us next Sunday. Amen. But we have a guarantee of what God will do this Sunday if you let him into your heart and into your life. Hallelujah. Amen. There are preachers that don't seem to care whether the people in their congregation are saved as long as the numbers are up and the offerings are up so that they can build their project. Honey, I'm going to tell you, this is no day for for compromised messages that won't allow the Holy Spirit to bring conviction. The Word of God should should convict us of our sin and convince us of God's desire to save. Hallelujah. Amen. I had a a lady come to our uh, church years ago and fall away from God and live in sin for and raised in a Christian home and came back periodically to our church and every single time I could see tears streaming down her face and I would pray for her salvation. She made a statement to someone when they said, come, when, come back and be with us again. Come back and be with us again. And the statement was this, well, I would come more often, but every time I come to church here, I am convicted. And I thought, oh, my God, my God in heaven, what, what, how, can you, how can you hold back from a God that you know is offering to save you, to restore you, to, to, to bring you back into fellowship with Him. Amen. Friend of mine, I'm so glad. I am so glad to be the pastor of a church where people 
can be convicted because there's an anointing of the Holy Spirit, anointing of the Holy Ghost, because I just preach the word, but the Holy Ghost takes it, amen, and begins to deal with the human heart. And it's because he understands better than a lot of professional preachers understand the value of a human soul, the reality of spending eternity in either heaven or hell. Oh, friend of mine, today we need to start living our faith. If you are truly saved, God has called you. God has called me to live as a day person in a sin-darkened world. For we have become children of the day, and we are not children of the light. And that day that's coming, that's going to come as a snare upon all the earth, it will not overtake us as a thief. We are fully knowledgeable. We are, we should be fully prepared for the coming of Christ. We should be clearly understanding that the day of the Lord is hastening. It is coming very, very quickly. That's why this message, this series of teaching on living as day people in a sin-darkened world is so important, particularly in a day when the love of many the Bible said would wax cold. Because iniquity would abound, the love of many would wax cold. God wants to rekindle the fires of the first love and rekindle the fire of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And, and send a mighty Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost generated revival to the Church of Jesus Christ today so that you and I can be an upstream Christian in a downstream world. Hallelujah. And keep the faith and occupy until He comes. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, or if you have known the Lord but fallen away from Him, today is the day to take a a real honest and earnest inventory. Amen. To search our heart diligently and ask the question, not, not even about if Christ should come today. He may, He could. But here's something that we need to ask more importantly. If I draw my last breath, you say, well, I'm under 30. I don't have to worry for years about that. You're wrong. I wish you could take a walk with me through a cemetery sometime and look at the children, the young adults, the under 30s, accidents, incidents, aneurysm that no one could detect, suddenly standing doing dishes and falling to the floor, driving a car, having a heart attack like a wrestler did here in Tampa. His wife grabbed the wheel when he slumped and pulled it over to the side. He was built like a bodybuilder. But his heart stopped. And when the body drops, the soul heads for its eternal destiny. And there's no going back. 
and no turning around. So today, I pray that you will come to know Christ and you will know that you know that you are ready to meet Him. Whether by death or whether by His coming, we want to know that we are ready. And I want you to come to know Jesus today. Come to Christ. Come to a church where you're convicted. Give your heart to the Lord. And then you can be at peace when He comes. In Jesus' name.